going on here? There we go. Hey, everybody. It is Monday night just after 7 o'clock. Hey, everybody. This is The Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Your host, as always, Johnny Torres. How you doing? Hope you had a great Halloween weekend. This was a no-costume year uh, for me personally, uh, but it was nice to take a break, although I definitely got my costume idea for next year, so stay tuned for that. All right. Uh, there is just so much to talk about tonight plus we have a special guest joining us on uh, the big table and so we're going to go ahead and just jump right into it first of all let's run uh, through our topics for tonight battle of virginia tomorrow big election day not only here locally for us in tampa bay but also um in the state of virginia new jersey as well both uh with the possibility of electing a republican governor so we're going to break that down the nfl plantation colin kaepernick coming out with a uh very saucy uh or sassy should i say um uh just kidding it's controversial uh kaepernick doing what uh he he does best in regards to uh trying to stir up some mess um and uh you know uh just equating the nfl to slavery that's all that's all he's doing uh trump at the world series now we'll not only talk about his popularity but also biden's uh which continues to crater and the st pete mayoral race which i just talked about uh robert blackman ken welch going head to head uh, tomorrow as it is election day in St. Petersburg and could there be the possibility of a Republican mayor in St. Petersburg. Uh, and so we'll talk about all those things. We're also going to open with some breaking news as I bring in my two guests tonight. Uh, we are hearing that Christine Quinn, candidate for what was District 14 and right through the middle of Hillsborough County, has uh, now jumped ship over to Congressional District 13, uh, which is a much more purple district, uh, but already crowded with Amanda Mackey, Anna Pauline Luna, and lots of drama. So joining me tonight, um, we'll kind of start there uh, real quickly, uh, since it wasn't a scheduled topic uh, from left to right. We've got Anibal David Cabrera, as always, and my good friend and candidate for Hillsborough County Commission, Scott Levinson. District 1? Yes, sir. All right. See, I got that right. I always Very get the dead. numbers. Very I'm dead. horrible with the numbers. I can, you know, so, yeah, but. Let's start at the beginning and your, and your work from there. Exactly. So let's go ahead and break down the, uh, let's see. Um, let's break down the, what's happening with uh, District 14. It's something that we are on this show very transparent about. It is a near impossible kamikaze-like type of effort to run in that district uh, because of the numbers. Now you're no longer a rookie when it comes to uh, running for office and uh, knowing some of the landscape politically. Um, Tell me what, uh, you know, what's kind of your first thoughts? I mean, Jay Collins is in that race. Uh, Christine Quinn, I think there's uh, maybe a third. Well, she's uh, out now. Well, but, she's out now, right. So uh, Angel Urbina. Angel Urbina, that's right. That was the other one I was thinking about. Right. Uh, which, again, Angel, a great guy. You know, I'm sure we, we, we may have him on the show soon at some point. Um, but, you know, he went from losing a state house district um, in a very Republican, very, I mean, I'm sorry, in a very Hispanic, very difficult to win uh, state house district to now running for Congress. You know, you know, typically you got to win one before you kind of step up to the next, you know, and uh, not sure what his thinking is there. But, um, you know, as far as Quinn goes, I mean, I, I don't get the, the reasoning behind this. And Ebel, do you what, what are your thoughts here? I think she's getting crowded out in District 14. I think. Mm -hmm. The, uh, Jay Collins, who is a great candidate, who has meets a lot of the check marks and everything else as a Republican, uh, mm -hmm. is very much a, a, a 
it's very difficult to be in the primary. I'm going to say that out loud. And I think that either someone is persuading her, maybe her, one of the consultants, mm -hmm. to move or told her, like, this is, it's a better way to run in the other district. Now, I think it's going to be extremely difficult to run in an in a, in a already very crowded, uh, very woman-heavy, um, I'm going to say, race so let's see what that looks like but i I'm, I'm i'm shocked that she actually decided to to jump from 14 to 13 especially in a, in a in a county that i don't think she's been doing much to push herself onto so i don't i don't know what that the leadership of pinellas county is going to look like and or if they're going to even accept her as a viable person for that district because she doesn't live in the county she doesn't live in the district well we talked about somebody who and again she's probably going to apply fuzzy math with her address or something no, no. Um, but, I mean, that, she does her her business. Right, is there in Pinellas? In Pinellas. See, I thought it was in Polk. No, it's in Pinellas. Or like Plant City or something a like that. Warehouse in Polk. No, no. The whole thing is in Pinellas. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But she, but she lives in Hillsborough County. All right, but, but but still, you know, after all these years, two cycles now, um, you know, building up her name ID, spending a ridiculous amount of money, you know, to to again go up against a juggernaut that is Kathy Castor, um, to then now jump ship to a completely new district where she has no roots. I mean, I don't, I, I just again, I don't understand the reasoning behind this. I don't understand why she just doesn't, you know, leverage, you know, all the work that she's done maybe towards somebody that might be a more viable candidate in District 14. Um, I mean, and, and again, I think she's, she's, she's going to be wasting time, resources, you know, for the viable candidates in both of those races. She also burned a lot of bridges. She has yeah. burnt a lot of bridges. In well, because she's County. played the blame game, you know, uh, post-mortem, you know, every time she's run. Yeah. And so eventually you run out of people to blame, you know, and you can only blame yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it, it's, you know, uh, it is what it is. I mean, I don't think that she's going to have any better chance in Pinellas than she's had in Hillsborough, um, mostly because, again, it's already a crowded field and the kind of the, the front runners in that race have already been established. And I find her hard uh, to kind of see as a front runner in Pinellas District 14, especially given that it is a far less conservative district than the one she, you know, than Hillsborough County is at large. So. I, yeah, I think what's going to happen in, in that particular district, I still see people jumping into uh, CD13. For right. some odd reason, I, I'm still hearing rumors that there might be one or two more individuals that are very established in the community um, that are just waiting to see how what shakes out when it comes to redistricting. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm hearing on my side. I don't have names. Uh, they're not willing to give them yet. Right. But they're saying that they're, they're waiting to see what the redistricting looks like. But um, but. Again, having Anna Polina Luna, having Amanda Mackey, those are already two very viable candidates. They're mm -hmm. raising tons of money on their, in their own circles. And as that continues to flow, we're able to see what it's going to look like. Right. Sorry about that. I'm over here trying to uh, monitor the program uh, while it's underway. Um, let's go ahead and jump into uh, tonight's topics. Again, thank you, everybody, for watching The Yard Sign. Don't forget, you can uh, download the audio version of our podcast on pretty much any and every uh, digital platform out there for podcasts. Thanks to the tech overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, Odyssey, and iHeartRadio. So you can find this show on all of those platforms out there. Um, we are, of course, uh, watching very closely what's happening in Virginia um, as of late. Um, it, uh, you know, rumor has it 
that we're Uber seeing in <laughs> we're seeing an early kind of a departure or step back uh, by Terry McAuliffe in terms of appearances, events, which I mean, and to, to me, tends to say in any campaign that they think they've done all they can do, and that. And honestly, I think they're they're almost taking kind of a Biden-like approach here. I, I, I was going to say that yeah. when all else fails, try the Biden bunker yeah. technique. Just shut up and <laughs> and let's see where the cards fall. You know, so um, the so Yunkin, I think, has done really well to kind of navigate the waters between supporting president trump but also kind of you know really putting himself out there as an original candidate he's running his campaign why he mentions trump but he's running his campaign yeah he's not riding the coattails he's not even pretending he is he's really and let's let's get real i mean we've all know one thing for sure the 10 words he said, you just don't say. Mm-hmm. Right. Forget everything else. There are certain things you do and don't do in this world. One thing you do not tell a parent is you should have no say over what your child learns, yep. does, where they go, what they do. And I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent. When you're a mama bear and someone tells you that you shouldn't have a say in something your child does, yeah. you you just you just I I can't think of anything dumber he could have said. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to insult the guy. Right. But Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but but how how do you tell a parent what's your it, how dare you think you should have a say in your children's it's, life? It's because they're so the Democrat Party is so indoctrinated when it comes to how they are, interpret the the family dynamic that they want. They've always wanted to to destroy it to be able to just fundamentally change and show that they just want to educate and indoctrinate their the children, and they have no desire for parents to have some form of, of opinion on it. And you, you're seeing it across the country where a lot of, of parents are really upset with their school boards. And again, that's probably the best thing that could have happened this midterms is that parents have really woken up and seen how much damage has occurred at their schools and in their school boards and all the additional things that are going on. And Virginia is a great example of just how upset parents are with their school boards. I mean... You look at look at what's happening. You talked about the father that was at the school board meeting that was arrested. Now, I understand you can't go nuts at a school board meeting. Yeah. You can't yell, scream, go after anyone, but what a horrible story mm-hmm. that this father's daughter was in a bathroom at school, which should be a safe place. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that word. I don't even like that phrase, Correct. safe place. But you're in a women's girls bathroom. And if I'm a dad, I have three sons. But if I have a daughter and there is someone walking in a bathroom that is of 
the other gender, the other sex. And I don't care if he was wearing a skirt, a blouse, or whatever. The only way I could break it down is if your plumbing doesn't match the name on the bathroom door, (laughs) you probably shouldn't be in it. (laughs) Well, we're seeing that, you know, some of these perverts are going in there, dressed as women, with cameras strapped to their shoes and other kind of devices, you know, for them to, again, exploit, you know, the the current dysfunction that's happening in our country uh, when it it comes to gender identification, right? Um, You know, but, you know, so you have that problem. You have the, the school problem. The other one that we wanted to make sure to mention, and I, we have the graphic actually for it, was is Tiki Gate. Okay, and this I think was the biggest reason why you we're hearing very little from the McAuliffe campaign today. All the Democrats that were uh, both involved in directly and indirectly have gone very quiet over the past few days, especially over the weekend. Um, and they're trying to distract. You know, they're trying to. You know, even the media is playing favors to them because they. This I think had it been the other way around, had it taken off the way they anticipated, which was to ruse the media into thinking that it was a Republican group that did this. Which this would worked, have, which worked for like two hours. Yeah, this would have been national headlines yes. uh, for, or the, for the whole weekend, and it would have been the top headline this morning. Um, but the fact that six, I think it was five or six uh, Democrat staffers, um, you know, were caught posing as white supremacists in front of the Yunkin bus at a campaign rally, um, and, and it is, is literally the lowest of the lowest form of politics and and the sad thing is as you know we know um is there's always a tie to florida sadly in and even in this case because it turns out that uh rick wilson who was a very popular very well respected republican consultant for a long time Mm -hmm. became a hardcore never trumper i mean basically is on the payroll at msnbc because Mm -hmm. he's on there all the time um and made millions off of the lincoln project um is trying to claim credit for this now it would be easy to say okay well he's claiming credit for it like let's okay then that's kind of the end of the story but the thing is that all of these individuals that were caught doing this little stunt in front of the bus they're all democrat staffers <laughs> like they literally have pictures of them driving these huge vans the, the one girl there was one girl she was the one that got caught the first she yeah. was the first one that got caught and again they're all also young democrats right so they're all yds and 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 then the one girl who of the group there's a picture of her online driving a huge yes, van yeah. that says Virginia Democrats on the side. You guys, this is what I call a pure and simple Forrest Gump. Stupid is <laughs> as stupid does. And, and I mean, come on. If you're going to try to do something like this, can we at least put a little effort into it? Well, in, in I mean, so, and, well, and, and like so, yeah. Evil said, it so, worked for a couple hours. So they were, so they threw it out there that the the, the, the the incident occurred, and they all jumped on it, yeah. right? Because they knew it was coming, and no one was taking no one's taking credit of it until someone realized that. Oh wait, I've seen that group before. I've seen that guy before. They realized what happened, and then the Lincoln Project and other people had to come out and say, "Oh yeah, this was us that we did it." They weren't going to ever say it, it was them. The McAuliffe campaign, the Virginia Democrats, and then a local station from Charlottesville were all the ones. Just jump on on the story so they they fed it knowing what was going to happen so so let me let me throw this out there and i'll play devil's advocate let me preface this by saying i do not approve of any violence i i don't approve of breaking windows breaking doors but 
Is it so far-fetched? There was insiders on the 6th? No, look, and that's I the, mean, well, that's, is, is, is that's it gonna, so? That throws us into a whole different realm. It throws you in a whole new realm. And we've but, had that conversation. There, there, was a, there was a report that came out, and I know we're, we're deviating, but a report that came out last week that talked about how some of these individuals that were the instigators. Have been no, some have been arrested. Some, some have been arrested, right. but some have been taken off the list for right. most wanted. The founder of the Proud Boys, okay, who's not even white, he's Hispanic, mm-hmm. is a known FBI informant. This guy has repeatedly, over like I think it's the past ten years, has been an informant for the and FBI. Again, and again, I don't. I will never. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to condone anybody right. that breaks, damages, messes up property, anything like that. No, I will never condone. But no, that. what you're. This, I mean, but look, is I, it so far fetched now? No, that's what I'm saying. Two, let's say two years ago, just to kind of give some some wiggle room. Okay, if you would have said that, everybody thought it'd be like you're nuts. Like, well, never the government they would still never do think that. I'm nuts. So, <laughs> but then we find out that the FBI, there were more FBI agents and informants involved in the plan to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Mm-hmm. Than, than there were actual actual people who were trying to you know to you know commit some sort of act, and they know that they've funded it. They know that they've they planned it. They know that you know. The, I mean, the government is essentially. I mean, again, you know, it sounds so crazy to say because it used to sound so conspiratorial, but these are literally false flag well, operations. I, I'm not going to say anything, but. I know the I'm last one. I'm not saying one, all no, of January 6th no. so was. I don't want to say that I've become a <laughs> someone that has that tinted that tin hat on their yeah, head. Right. However, the fact that now, besides the Trump administration, now the Biden administration has not allowed for the assassinations of the of Kennedy papers to come out. Yeah. So like that's a whole nother conversation. Push it back another year. Another year. So yeah. you're like, what are you hiding? Yeah. That because caused all of this uproar. You need that whole narrative. This was the darkest day. We don't want anything else to be darker. So we have to stick with the whole narrative. It ruins the fantasy. That, yeah. that January 6th was the darkest day in American history. Now, if we bring out something that shows the Kennedy assassination was a ruse or there were some parts of it or... You know, we said, oh, the darkest day in his in American history? I don't know. I thought the Civil War was pretty bad. All right. Well, I yeah. thought Pearl Harbor was pretty bad. Correct. I thought 9-11 was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it. The, it's just, let's try to stop creating narratives, especially when you're getting busted. Yeah. Creating the narrative. Yeah. And, so, and so what do you think the fallout is? I, I think this is either... The nail in the coffin From what? in the Virginia government. Oh, the Tiki Gate. In the Got Tiki it. Gate. Yeah. I honestly think if, again, it's not playing into the major media. No one's talking about no, the No, because it doesn't media. benefit them too. The yeah. corporate media is intentionally, no. they have already intentionally killed that story mm-hmm. because the ruse was found out. Um, and even though the Lincoln Project took credit for it, I still think it was it was not. A, I think the Lincoln Project was paid to take, to take credit, credit for, for it. it. I think it's got more legs than you're all giving it. I think no, I this agree. is going. I it agree. might not come up now yeah. with with you know legs, or it might not have an effect. But as the campaigns roll on, yeah. I don't think that's the last time we're going to see something like no. that. No, of course because, not. Because, and I guess "dumb" is a word for the night, but 
people like that are dumb enough. Well, I'll compare to, to stuff like yeah. that. I'll, I'll yeah. compare it to yeah. to an example someone made about you know the Fauci and the beagles, you know, and the, the experimentation on the dogs. We basically to keep our hands clean of our morals and values. We pay other countries to do horrific stuff like that. Okay, that's a known fact, right? We give them research dollars to do that kind of thing. And I think in this sense, this was exactly the same. The Virginia Democrats and the Terry McAuliffe campaign obviously could not get their hands dirty pulling off a stunt like this, but they knew that the Lincoln Project would and would be willing to. And I think that they paid them off and said, hey, we're going to pull this stunt off and then we're and you're going to take the blame for it so that, you know, we can all move forward. And, and, and hoping that the media was going to buy this narrative. Um, but again, it's 2021. Like, if they've been able to dox everybody that was at the Capitol on January 6th, mm -hmm. what do you think they were going to do to six losers standing mm -hmm. outside a bus? Well, guys, carry it, it like you just said. There were pictures. There were all this, of the January 6th. Um, you know, I hate to tie, I, and I guess that'll come later, but you tie sports yeah. To it, you know, John Gruden, by all means, what happened with him, I will never condone. Right. Just don't, don't believe in what he said. And, and I'm sorry, he, I think he is gotten what he deserves. Yeah. But six, I want to know who he was sending these emails mm -hmm. to do, to. I want to see their responses. Because, uh, uh, you know, the NFL went through 680,000 emails right. and found nothing else except for one person. Mm -hmm. There was no response. And you're, now, going, and you're going down the same road I, I was going down, which is I think it was a hit job on John Gurdon. Oh, yeah. Well, no, there's no doubt he said that. Yeah. No, but I no, know. But no what I'm saying is, is that it. them All taking of a sudden, just him out. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, they're like, okay, uh, here's John Gruden, and uh, you can go ahead and crucify him. Meanwhile, we're going to shut the doors well, on this investigation and all the other findings, and uh, that Daniel, was fun. Daniel you know? Snyder is a powerful man. Yeah. And, uh, but... But you would think that a legitimate, a transparent organization would say, well, wow. I mean, if this is what we found just doing this, what I mean, imagine if, we keep, well, and imagine if we keep digging. What else are we going to find? Well, no, they did the complete opposite. Right. They said, okay, that was fun. That's, Let's go ahead and lock that up guys, and put it away. We still have people that have beaten their wives in public, on camera, playing for the NFL. Literally. Wait, and, and, and how about this? And, we're, and we allowed that to happen. In, right. Inside of a month, they checked 680,000 emails. But God forbid you don't take your vaccine, because then you can't play. Well, the forget NFL. that. How about <laughs> Ooh, Hector? Six hundred and eighty thousand emails, and we can't find one of Hillary's. <laughs> really? <laughs> what's uh, what's Hector got? So Hick, uh, Hector, uh, by the way, thanks for watching and commenting. Uh, one of the major recipients of the uh, the Gruner email was Bruce Allen, brother of former governor of Virginia. Yeah. So yeah, oh, we can we can run yeah. through this rabbit hole real quick. But again, if it's and this is why people get upset because it's not equal or, or across the line. Right. You're talking about oh, we need to get rid of these people, and I under I agree what he wrote and what he said are inappropriate and should not have been taken should not have been done, especially on email. I mean, that's the first thing you learn in corporate America is that every email <laughs> yeah, is no going to be saved for John Gruden. Yeah, there's, there's no way around it. I mean, you look at all this stuff, and now I look back a few years and think. <laughs> What Al Franken did? 
to oh. get thrown well, out. And not only that, out of the Senate because right? of it. Because of that. And 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 the worst part is, is Gruden. And wasn't I'm not now Frank and fan. At oh, the no. time, at the time, Gruden wasn't even an employee of the NFL. Where he, was your He was hand? not even. He wasn't coaching. He wasn't part of any no, team. Wasn't. You know, he. I think he was at ESPN guys, at the time. Guys, let's get real though. You have. He's got to go. No, absolutely. That locker room. Not, yeah, I don't disagree yeah, with that. One I don't care if he was an employer or not. He he's got. But you know what you're talking about is is you know how far back do you go? Right. I mean, we have a president of the United States whose best buddy was Bird, mm-hmm. who was a the racist. Racist. He was a grand dragon. Right. I don't know what that means. Well, I do know what that means, but. <laughs> Like a like a menu order at the Chinese restaurant. Yes, that was it. With wow. the, and they bring it with the white hood on. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring the topics back up because I think it's a good transition point into our uh, next topic, which is the NFL plantation. Um, uh, I think the, the the woke and cancel culture's favorite son, uh, you know, is uh, is back at it again as he uh, uh, got a big deal with Netflix, and I remember this being controversial in itself uh, because they. I think most people knew nothing good was going to come of this um and an incredibly controversial trailer obviously because they wanted to draw in people to watch this thing um which i i i i'm assuming that there's probably going to be about a good half of the country that's not going to even bother to watch this thing um but comparing the nfl to slave owners and all the things all the ways that they measured slaves uh and this is just the trailer you know and comparing that to these uh, nfl combines where they measure how fast they can run their wingspan how high they can jump you know and comparing that to the slave trade where slaves were sold off for their physical attributes uh, i mean what what's his end goal here i mean this is what i you know uh i mean is he trying to take down the nfl is this just is he still just bitter because no teams want him anymore and in his days done i mean he became irrelevant mm-hmm. right he is 15 minutes of fame disappeared mm-hmm. um well the minute he kneeled down i think that was the beginning of the end i think he knew at that moment that if i don't do this uh, i mean my career is done I'm going to say this. I think that was, I, I, because I he was already getting benched by that time. Remember? Yes, but I will say this. Whoever, so there's a, a, a straight line from when he started dating that one woman that I think he's still in a relationship with now. And I don't want to say that's because of the, the female uh, section of this <laughs> department, but I will say. If you are, let me move. <laughs> but I will say there is quite a line from when he started dating that woman to when he became very radical and very Black Panther, very Black Power and all this other stuff. He, and again, he was raised by an adopted white family. Middle-class family, yeah. Which is so mind-boggling to see where now where he's at now, where he believes all white people are the devil, probably. It's just it's absolutely insane how far he's gone. Yeah, and you have to, I mean, I do cur- curiously wonder, like, how it's affected his family life with his adoptive parents. Evidently, uh, there was a That have articles. given him every Everything. opportunity. And the NFL gave him every opportunity. Well, and, and I think if you want to go ahead and make the point again that you made before the show, yeah. because I thought it was brilliantly put, as mm-hmm. to just how ridiculous the, well, the whole premise is in general. I can't take a lot you know when you mention brilliantly i can't take credit for that i'll actually <laughs> give it to my wife robin on that on this one but she's she's right um 
they go to the combines. Right. And they, you know, they're 40, their vertical jump, their standing broad jump, their catching, their pass routes. They do it all. Right. And then they give them a physical, and they poke them, and they prod them, and they do it all. Here is the difference between a slave auction, which they cut her way to in the, in the promo, right. and an NFL combine. You are doing all these tests and being poked and prodded and given a physical because someone is getting ready to give you millions and millions mm-hmm. of dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, I would submit myself to a combine every three months if they were going to pay me that kind of Guys, money. Guys, I went to work, as most of you have. I would die walking to the combine. That's right. When I was, was hired by ConAgra Foods, I had to take a physical. I had to take a, a test. Drug test. I had to take a, and I didn't like any of the drugs I tested. Um <laughs> I had to, to take a, a, we'll a test. Out. No, don't. And, and it was my choice. Yeah. But they are hiring. When you go to these big companies and they're giving these, these CEOs golden parachutes and everything, they are giving them physicals. Oh, they yeah. are checking their That's health. They are checking their mental. They are checking everything. The amount of things for a key man policy. Is, yes. is insane the amount of additional it, 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 work and testing you look, have to get to get those policies come on i i it is very hard for me to believe in the, in the amount of time i've spent around so many of these athletes and i've been very blessed to do it i do not believe they are going there and in their mind saying this is wrong this is absolute they they train they prepare for those combines mm-hmm. for months and of course they're going to get poked and prodded. Why am I going to give someone a $5 million signing bonus and find out a week later they have cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or find out they have a bum knee or, or something like that. Again, if you don't want to do it and you don't want the money and you don't want to play, don't go. There's well, that's the biggest thing. They have a choice. Have right, right, you, right. There are a lot of athletes that, I don't care where it is, NBA, NFL, mm-hmm. baseball, whatever, that don't go to these combines and still get drafted. Sure. Right? Yeah. It is your choice. Right. Because really what some of these players, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not the, the sports expert, but nope. uh, what they're trying to do here is to raise their value really as a, or, or at least be, get noticed as, as a potential draft pick um, in, in, in these combines. If you go to a combine, just like anything, if I go to a job interview, I am either going to raise my value or I'm going to lower my value. Mm-hmm. So if you get a wide receiver that goes to the combine and everyone's saying why he's in college, he runs a four four two. Yeah. And he goes to the combine and runs a four six eight, his value drops. Right. If he goes and he runs a four one eight, his value goes up. Sure. So it, it's again Everyone has, and we've seen players choice. get discovered in these combines oh, yeah. that or, were being completely overlooked. They're o- normally they're open for walk-ups um, that you're able to. Right. If you have get, the, the connections, you can walk in 
And if you achieve the goals that are required for a team, they'll pick you up. Everyone knew, look at the Bucks. Everyone mm. knew Devin White was a stud linebacker. But I think at the Combine, we all realized when he's running a 4-4 and outrunning receivers, mm -hmm. okay, we got something special. <laughs> you know, right. that, that made a difference. But then you got quarterbacks that are number one picks. That Why go and lower your value? What those guys... Well, a perfect example was, you know, and again, this is, is, I mean, I think once his time is done in the NFL, it's going to seem like fantasy, right? It'll seem like it is, there's no way this actually happened. But if you go back and look at Tom Brady's performance at the Combine, I mean, it, I mean, I think I might have been able to, at my peak, maybe have been able to do a, a better job. All right. Bless your heart. All right. That, that, yeah. it, bless you. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. No, but my point was is that he did terribly at the Combine. I mean, you know, it, it's... No, he did. You are absolutely right. He was slow. He was soft. He was, you know, they, he, you know, I mean, it is. It is no, what it is. I, I love, the, I love the fact that he wears a, Tom Brady? I love the fact that Tom Brady wears a t-shirt with a picture of him at that combine. Well, oh, yeah. um, and, hey, we should have seen it then and we wouldn't have lost yesterday. <laughs> want to throw that interception and then want to, but, That's but not guys, but no, rough, but yeah. guys, the, the, this whole Kaepernick thing. Look, he might have had a message in the beginning, and I'm not going to say he did or didn't. Sure. I, whether I agreed with him or not, he felt he had a message. Others felt he had a message. Mm -hmm. Now, now we're just we're just we're taking it to a different place, in a different level, where it doesn't need to go. Well, the simple thing is, is that if you're looking at this as a societal problem, which he did initially, or at least that's supposedly what the message was, that there are some societal problems that need to be looked at here. Okay, all that's all fine and good. But now he's brought it home to the NFL. And that's where I think the hypocrisy is just pouring out of this. When you're talking about the millions that these guys are making, and that, again, it's a choice. I mean, we're seeing more and more players, like, choose to leave early and you know because of concussions and because of you know because they they don't want to have those long-term they've earned effects. enough and they've, yeah. they've been able to no make a financial decision about that anymore though yeah you notice nobody taught you know what's the new thing and that's sports in general right. what's the latest and greatest yeah and right now whether we agree with kaepernick or not we are playing into kaepernick because we're sitting here and talking about talking it. Well, about well that's it. why I didn't even want to play the promo uh, no, here in the show. No, 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 no. And, no but, and but we're in Yeah, the thing, and this is the beauty thing, the beauty of Netflix. I was able to see the promo and I was like, I'm not watching this. Yeah. And I was like, I, I just, I, there's nothing in this knowing about him and his backstory that has any redemption whatsoever. Don't get me wrong. I agree that he should have the right to be able to do what he wants and say what he wants. And even then, I was a little stickler of it. Like, only certain industries are you allowed to be an employee and do what he did. Because and you would get fired in a heartbeat or reprimanded. So yeah. my situation has been, and also as a Floridian and someone in the Tampa Bay area and knowing a lot of the what the Bucks and Bucks players do as their philanthropy, they are making so much more of an impact in their communities. Yep. And they're not the one, and they're not taking a knee. They're not yeah. talking about it. They're doing the work. Right. And I had a huge problem when he came to Kaepernick that he didn't do the work. And that's usually what you see. The louder someone talks talks about this, the louder the odds are they're not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, who's the former Bucks player that like buys homes? Work. Work every done. year, work done. Work I mean, done by someone else. Every mm -hmm. single, you know, Jameis, 
Yeah. You know, here is a guy who has moved on to the Saints, and uh, he is he is a good friend of mine. Uh, um, he it's weird to say that when he's my son's age, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, him and I have spent a lot of time just sitting on a bench at Skyway talking, and and I've watched him over the years, and he's grown. Yeah, he's got two kids now. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he's still young. Right, he's twenty eight years old. Yeah, he, he's twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and uh, but what he has done for the youth of Tampa Bay, even not being with the Bucks, I know the Tampa Bay Youth Football League. And, and I know he cringes when I talk about this because he doesn't want people. It's not He's important. not doing it for the publicity yeah. or not, the credit. or He's not. But let me tell you something. He has, through COVID and so forth, yeah. that man has almost single-handedly hmm. helped these 4,000 kids and kept them going. People don't know about it. They don't want to hear about it. But we all grow. Mm-hmm. And he has made his mistakes, and he has grown. Hopefully, and maybe Colin looks back at some of this stuff and says, "Okay, maybe that was a little over the top." Well, and and, and, and he, this is this is kind of my final say on this whole thing with Kaepernick is is that while I respect the NFL and I enjoy watching the NFL, I'm a very casual. You know, I tell people I'm an ESPN sports fan. Just give me the highlights, give me the scores, and I'm good. Um, you know. Um, but they created this monster, yes. and now this monster, like it always does, has come back to to bite them in the in the you know what. And hopefully, it goes the other way. I mean, let's think back years and years ago. Me being older than you guys are, but Jim Brown was very defiant. Oh sure, mm. but you look at him now, and he's changed. Yeah, he's he still believes what he believes. Yeah, but he is. But that was also a, a very different. Different you know, time, time in our but culture. now he does it in such a way mm-hmm. where people listen right. because it's not the defiance. It's the, I have a message. I want you to hear whether you agree with me or not. Listen. And that he was right on, on many of the things of that, that he, he was. was pushing back on. Of course. Yeah. So. so, again, I, my last thing in this regards will be that there is a biblical a pair uh not principle, a biblical, when it's a story, um, not parody, a parable. Thank you. Uh, there's a b- biblical parable talking about how um, depending on the actions that you, you do will determine if, Christ, if God is actually listening to your prayers. So if you're, out, if you're the person that's out in the middle of the street wailing and praying and, and making a show of it, you're yeah. getting exactly what you want. You're getting the attention. You're getting people think, oh, my God, he must be so holier than thou. Mm-hmm. But the woman that's in back in the corner praying on her knees quietly, God listens to that person. And I, that's, and I truly believe that that parable is reflected in this situation. What now. if I post it on Facebook? You're getting, you're getting, but that's the thing. It is easier for this generation and this society to post on Facebook uh, and tweet about something right. than to actually go down to um, Nebraska and actually help a homeless person. Well, right. You right, could right. have told me about the praying in the corner last election, buddy. Oh there was a gosh. lot of, I lit so many candles for you. All right. I almost burnt down. Wow. I, 
uh, Sacred Heart was quite on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching the yard sign. On that note, uh, joining me tonight, an evil David Cabrera and uh, Hillsborough County Commission District One candidate Scott Levinson, uh, who's making his second go at the County Commission. We, of course, we would love to see you in our County Commission. Uh, you know, shake things up, and you know, as I as I am continuing to say more often, it is a sad day in Tampa Bay when there are more Republicans. Uh, in the St. Petersburg City Council than there are in the city of Tampa. Um, you know, now we're, you know, obviously looking at the county commission, Pinellas could use some Republicans on their county commission. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's kind of frightening, you know, because uh, I think, you know, there, you know, we had a good balance and and obviously we're seeing a lot of growth you know but we're seeing the mismanagement of our school district you know we're seeing the mismanagement of our mass transit uh and uh and i think all that kind of funnels back to the county commission what what frightens me more than anything is people and this is just society we we're we are not as individuals we're, we're inherently smart. We have common sense. And when we look at what's going on every day and we complain and we complain and we complain, but we keep putting the same old tired politicians, mm -hmm. bureaucrats right back where it all started. I grew up in South Tampa. The same roads that flooded when I was a child riding my Schwinn Scrambler ah. through the floods, because, you know, those same roads are still flooding. Oh, yeah. But yet, mm -hmm. let's keep putting those same commissioners. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here, These folks, guys have been there decades. And I'm decades. not going to sit here and say it's all about the Democrats right. because we have had Republican candidates and, and commissioners and office holders that have been around way too long mm -hmm. over the years, too. You need, I do not believe our founders said, get elected to an office for life. Yeah. Now, maybe the Supreme Court, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's time for And I don't change. mind, like, I don't mind the trajectory. Like, if you think, okay, this is going to be your starting point. From here, you go to State House. Or like, you know, Sandy Merman did. She went to State House. And came then back. came back and did county commission, you know, but even she, you know, was there, you know, in my opinion, just way too long. And, and, and I think it's part of the responsibility of these elected officials, much like they do because of term limits in the state house, it's find your, you find your successor you know, and mold that person and get them ready to take over for you, you know, when you move on. Or pretend you know, to support because, your successor. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's you know, the, but but the problem Sorry, is Sorry, I'm that, in a fiery <laughs> mood tonight. And I, I just... But they don't want, they don't think that they have to move on because they don't. You know, they don't want to move on because they right. don't have to. Well, right. You, you, you know? see the president that's been in office for four decades and then you, which has done, which they've done nothing. Yeah. For four decades, you did nothing, and you right. were in the middle of the road. You do absolutely nothing. And then he you're should shocked be, that people should, are upset with you? He should be the most experienced and the most oh, effective president now. we've ever had in, in history. And, and instead, he's exactly the opposite. Um, you know, he is in, in, in at, here coming up at the end of year one. He will have basically destroyed his agenda in his first year, and he's going to be a lame duck for the next three years. Loving someone it. who, sh again, should have been Correct. the most experienced, the most uh, uh, known 
um, or, you know, the, the most respected uh, president that we've ever had. And, and what, what does he have to show for 50 years of being in office? Nothing. He was, he, well, what was the version that people were talking about? That he was trying to be the candidate for everyone so that the moment that now things are just falling apart in the country. Well, that's not even the same Joe now, Biden that, now, ran, yeah. that ran a year ago. I mean, that was the Joe Biden from four years ago and eight years ago. And you know what I mean? Did you see SNL make a, a joke about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm the Joe Biden from March. Ugh. Right. <laughs> How much has changed since March yeah. of this year? Right. It's absolutely crazy. And again, when any, I don't want to be the the, the Republican that says we should start, um, we should, uh, imp we should talk about the twenty fifth amendment and things like that. But but if, we should. But we're not. But we won't get anywhere with it if they. Because again, you're, well, you're looking at I it think, tit for tat I, when it comes to the Democrats. Well, and the Republicans right now don't have the grounds to actually try to enact the twenty fifth no, amendment. We have no control but whatsoever. If, if we do flip the House and the Senate um, in in the midterms, mm -hmm. I think you're going to see that argument resurface. You have to. I mean everywhere this man goes i mean whenever he's he's off script i mean he's just talking gibberish i mean he was talking to the pope about being a coach you know i think for some baseball team or something or i don't even it, it regardless is that he's become a laughing stock like the pope uh, is a mean slider <laughs> mean slider oh man but anyhow thank you again for watching everybody don't forget you can download the audio version of our podcast over at the tech overlords at google apple spotify audible amazon odyssey and iHeartRadio. um we uh are gonna have uh, not only tonight's episode but we'll have the uh the previous two up here shortly um you know it, funny enough it kind of ended up being somewhat of a sports-centric show as uh, i kind of wanted to bring this up as a topic not Who because there's known? a lot to discuss but uh, also because um i think it lends to the greater conversation about uh the popularity of both the current president and the former president and of course you know we'll we'll get into what 2024 may look like uh but president trump over the weekend attended uh one of the games at the world series um you know there were videos of him laughing while the uh fans in the stands were chanting let's go brandon uh there and then of course during the game uh being uh, georgia being a southern state <laughs> and being a republican president he, he busted out the tomahawk chop and uh and and was out there showing his little, love for the, for the atlanta weak. braves his, his was a little weak. weak i will say this well he, he didn't want the fbi to come right, after him right. you know for domestic terrorism uh, I, I will say this melania i was surprised that she knew what she like let she, me tell you what though like she, she, she had she that it. elbow locked yes it melania it was it was plus that I, beauty pageant training I, you know? it's, uh, I gotta tell you no it's this not i this. was more more focused on melania's chop than I was on Donald's. Yeah. But she had it down. She yeah. was, uh, yeah, yeah. but that just shows people think he's real. Yeah. I don't care if you agree yeah. with his politics. Let's uh, look, everyone sitting in that stadium was not a Republican. Correct. I don't care if you agree with Trump's politics or not. He's charismatic. Yep. He is too honest. Yes. Um, but he is also a guy that I think people feel they can talk to. Yeah. Now, does he have the, the class, like I'll say of what he should say and not say like Ronald Reagan did? No, but I think there are a lot of like where people feel they can approach him. Yeah. 
and talk to them. Well, and again, this goes down to whether you're in the media, whether you're a candidate for office, you know, relatability and likability are huge factors. Everything. Those are huge components. And, you know, when we're talking about Trump and we're talking about his likability and, and, and again, going back to that 2016 campaign, like there were people, you know, who were criticizing him because of the way he spoke about Correct. the issues when they did the postmortem on the 2016 election. It was that that got him elected. People felt that he was talking to them in a way that they could understand the issues, that they could understand his platform, his agenda, and where he was coming from. I mean, again, I mean, I forget what it is nowadays. I think, you know, that the average American has like a seventh or eighth grade education, you know, and when you're you know, talking to people, you know, like a normal human being, um, it instantly makes you more likable. But he's been a likable guy his whole he, life. He has. I mean, you either like him or hate him, of course. But I think the majority like him. And I think that's why in politics, you know, well, what's your what's your 30-second elevator speech? What's your three-minute speech? He didn't have one. Right. Nor did he care. Right. And because... I don't think you can have a canned speech for everybody. Yeah, but Everyone's the other thing too is that, that, but that's what politicians think that they have to do. They have to have yeah, that canned right. speech, well, and someone needs to write a speech for them to be able to do that. You, you can miss me on Trump, that. One. I know, I know. Trust me, I know. Trump, <laughs> Trump has been running for president his entire life. It's so weird to think about it that he has been able to take over media. He's been able to take over real estate. He's able, now he was able to take over politics, and I think that's why. Well, I mean, he, you have interviews from Oprah from thirty oh, years yeah. ago, but, you know, where she was asking him if he was going to run for president. Yeah, and when he went even kind of considered it you know before he gave an answer the crowd would go nuts yeah and 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 looking at that you realize that he's the same guy then that he is now um now he's a unique animal in the sense that how many billionaire developers are as famous and well known as he is none right. who wants to be know? that famous and known but he's been he's been this public media figure again for the last 30 to 40 years and there has never been someone like this besides reagan i think that Republicans have really fervently wanted to support. So the polls that just came out from the NBC uh, that came out this morning uh, shows that a visceral um, what's happening with the with the with the president, and show that only 15% of his of his base are like in, engaged in him running, like are very adamantly supportive of him. Whereas with Trump, you had I think it was like 33 to 35% of his electorate was super supportive and like they would walk through glass to get to, to the ballot to vote for him. So well. It tells you something when a year later, after losing a campaign, you still see the T-shirts, the bumper stickers, mm -hmm. the flags, the hats, the, you know, I mean, why? It's so unnecessary, but yet they're out there, you know? And I think that says a lot more about, because it's all about what is what does this candidate embody, right? And, uh, and, and, and what do you embody, Scott? No. Uh, and, you know, when you talk about, like, Barack Obama, you know, like, Barack Obama embodied, like, a, di a new generation for this country, right? And, you know, hope and change and all that, that, all that stuff that he fed people, right? Yes, we can. And, right. And so and Trump, in the same way, again, embodied that make America great again. And when he said that, you know, again, I would liken that to, 
really, I mean, and as a personal reference, I would say like the 80s when we kind of felt that we were invincible and we were unstoppable and we were great at everything, you know, and 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 there, there was this bright future ahead of us. You were doing different things in the 80s. I was doing that. <laughs> I was growing up in the 80s. I was, uh, I, I was in the, I was in, I was coloring, I, the, I was learning to color inside the I, lines. In the I 80s. was in college uh, up and down Bourbon Street in the 80s. There you go. So, um, well, America was pretty great then. I don't know about America, but he New Orleans was remember. fantastic. <laughs> he doesn't remember the 80s. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say this. I think now you're, again, you see the signs are still up. The flags are still up. Right. New slogans are coming out. Let's go, Brandon, that they were chanting at the, at sure. the game and is on T-shirts now and everything Which else. is driving the left and, and the media nuts. Insane. Horribly so, insane. N so uh, NPR had to go on and do an entire, like, explanation. Like, no, they're not talking about an actual person named Brandon they're right. talking about something else and I, and just listening to the NPR news lab I'm like these people are insane no you know it's bad when you know I saw on Twitter you know where you had some idiot uh, on there um, pointing and said oh all these people out there chanting let's go Brandon how will we explain this to our children? <laughs> it's like, come on. It's like, get over yourself. It, After yeah. all the profanities that they were yelling at Trump, uh, you know, for the past four years, oh. and certainly the horrific things they said about George W. Bush during his administration. Now, they still it, call him a war criminal. They still right, want him right. to be go now, to go jail. I will say this. I am not a big fan, nor was I with Bush or anything, when people are are doing the the x-rated chant yeah. or people were carrying flags f joe biden or f trump look i still respect the office mm -hmm. yep he good bad or indifferent he is the president yeah as trump was right um i am not going and to they're carry, human beings i am not going to carry a flag that says F Joe Biden or F Donald Trump. I'm not going to say it in public. Well, I wouldn't even carry one in favor of them. Right. You know? But, but you know, they do have families. Yeah. They have friends. And now, the let's go, Brandon. You know, they got lucky. It's a spinoff. Yeah. It, it, it is driving the left absolutely nuts because... How do you counter? Well, and they can't, and they, and it's popping up in the most unexpected places, right? You know, we're talking about obviously its origin was at a NASCAR mm -hmm. race, but we're seeing it at college football games all over the country. I heard that apparently it uh, the chance started at the Rolling Stones concert here in Tampa, it, but but um, they they try to say it only happens in Southern places and right. southern sporting of it well or let me inside, tell you or inside a southwest uh, well, cockpit. that's fine but let me tell you the last time i watched michigan play michigan state that wasn't in the south well and there was a and demonstration they were doing it there, doing it there. <laughs> there was a demonstration recently in washington dc predominantly of african americans and they had the trump shirts on and they were chanting going down you know, at, at, you know, down one of the major streets there in D.C. I mean, I, I, I think it, it, it is encapsulated a way to repudiate the current administration um, in a way that, again, you can it's tongue in cheek. And you can kind of get away with it because it's not vulgar or offensive. And I think people have embraced it that way. I, w I was at the field this weekend and I heard more minorities saying, I told you, I told you. 
that this was going to happen. I told you he wasn't going to do anything <laughs> of, you know. And, the buyer's remorse is insane. It, it is. It's like they just brought a $55,000 yeah. car, realized it's only worth 15000 And it's And lemon. now what do we do? Yeah. And the Brandon Bears have seen a huge increase in support. <laughs> Brandon Bears are on fire right that now. Is, that, that is a team they, to behold. They, those they, guys are brutal. Those guys, they knocked off, uh, yeah. They, I mean, they were they, just they, destroying teams. I mean, the, the, the two, three weeks that, that I went, I mean, they were just taking everybody out. You know what it is, I will say this, and you spend time out there, and we're, I guess, leaning towards sports right now. Yeah. Heavy, heavy. Knock, local. knock on, but... You've witnessed it, mm -hmm. and you know the crowd that's out there. I would say we're eighty percent minority. Yep, and there's no politics. No, mm -mm. you don't see shirts. No, you don't see anything political over the last eight years. The only thing anybody's fanatical about there is football. Yeah. Almost, almost to a detriment. <laughs> I mean, at times, I mean, cheerleading, uh, scary too. Yeah. Oh, mean, well, that's but, a whole yeah. different animal. But yeah. you don't see that entering into the equation, right. and and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really well, do. and because at the end of the day, most people don't have the time to bicker about politics. Correct. They're trying to put food on the table. They're trying to pay for their kids' football team practice they're trying to get them to football practice i mean you know like for the average everyday american family like they're just not entrenched in politics in the way we are nor should and, they and, right and nor so when all of a sudden you see that the the federal administration is just off the rails so so com in fact completely that their food prices are going up their ta their gas is going up now it's affecting their livelihood mm -hmm. Now it's hurting them where it hurts them the most, which is in their pocketbook. When, you know, their checks aren't going as far as they used to. Um, when, again, they can't go out to eat as often as they'd like to. And you have an you know? indignant White House and a press secretary yeah. that says, well, you guys have to deal with it for, and you have to pay right. it because of climate change. Are you kidding me? <laughs> So, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Uh, don't forget, you can catch the video version of our show on YouTube and Facebook. Please subscribe and like and share the show. Uh, but if you'd like to take it with you uh, just about anywhere in the world, you can listen to the audio version of our podcast on any of the podcast platforms out there. Uh, thanks to the tech overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, uh, Odyssey, and iHeartRadio. Uh, and please, while you're there, not only subscribe and listen to the show but leave us a little rating and, and again tell your friends about it we really appreciate it as we continue to work our way to growing the show we're going to go ahead and get into tonight's final topic uh which is the saint petersburg mayoral race um we have uh two uh, good candidates uh you know uh, ken welch you know which again for some people they might be the career politician in this scenario he's been in uh in in the government in politics in pinellas county in a long time and then you have kind of a generationally trans you know um, you know, the next generation of, I think, political leaders and Robert Blackman, young guy. I think he's a first or second term city councilman. Um, yeah, I believe it's first term city councilman, um, but has shown a lot of leadership, has, has, has really kind of stayed at the forefront of the agenda uh, for the St. Petersburg City Council. Um, so much so that he was able to kind of clear the field, at least on his side, you know, uh, in, in terms of the, the early nonpartisan primary. Um, and you got to give him credit, again, in a district uh, that is predominantly Democrat, 
um, being the city of St. Petersburg, um, that he is in among the final two uh, going into tomorrow's election in St. Petersburg. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm excited by even, you know, the potential of having a Republican uh, mayor in St. Petersburg again. Um, it feels like it's been ages because Christman has been there way too long. Yeah, way too long. Um, but, of course, you know, he was um, preceded by, um, oh, not Rick Baker. Um, I'm forgetting his name now. Foster. Bill Foster, um, and and then Bill Foster was preceded by Rick Baker. Um, really, in a way, I would say leading the charge to a lot of the growth that we've seen in St. Petersburg, which I think has also trickled into the growth we're seeing here in Tampa. Um, I don't know how closely you guys have been following what's going on there. Some people are saying it's not going to be close at all. I think Welch has a lot of baggage, um, and, and Blackman has, I think, been – doing all the right things and being in all the right places, you know, to truly earn, I, you know, that side of the vote I, that he's not going to get. I think you're right back what we what I said a few minutes ago. You have got, as you said, the lifer and the newbie. Yep. Sort of. And it's just, folks, we need change. Right. Um, I, I have followed the race. Um, I, I tend to support someone like Blackman because I think we need fresh ideas. People that have been there forever, all they do is present problems. I want solutions. Yeah. I think Blackman knows how to find solutions. Is he going to get over the top? If people wake up and realize if they want change, you have to ask for change. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, w I was talking uh, last week with a former school board member of Hillsborough County, and, and it was disappointing to kind of get that reassessment of, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes and why things are in such bad shape. And honestly, it comes down to these people that have been in these offices way too long, and they have these relationships that they're not willing to, uh, to, to sacrifice, you know, because they want to stay on their good terms. And so they're not willing to make the difficult decisions um, to get the, the organization, the district as a whole, to going back in the right direction because, you know, they've greased so many palms and they're, 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 there's so many favors owed that they can't make the decisions that are going to help the population uh, at large. Which and is so sad. It's so sad that absolutely. we have that situation. And again, there are other organizations in the, in the Tampa area that we can say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, um, the whole the, the, the crisis that occurred at um, CareerSource was yep. just unwillingness to let people go. Because right. they're doing a bad job, or actually look at the audit, and so, and we can talk about other organizations when it comes to the education system. Guys, they're just—I just don't. Believe, and look, I was president of the TBYFL for twenty years. Mm -hmm. It's way too long. Yeah, no one else would run, <laughs> and, and I can't say I did it willingly the whole time. Sure, but no one else would run, and you know, it, it's. You, you look at uh, uh, the Strath Center. Mm -hmm. They've had the same president for 20-something right. years. And now that she's earning $800,000 well, there's time now. She's been, we're giving them our tax dollars. Right. We are giving them our money. Mm -hmm. Everyone says, oh, it's a public building. Yeah, it is, that they pay $100 a month yep. for, and they get to keep all the money. Yeah. Yep. And, so, that, and they also have thousands of volunteers 
that come and volunteer Unpaid. for them, yeah. you know, Completely all year free. round. We've given you know, them for, for performances, for multi-million dollar performances that happen there on site. We've given them $2 million. And now we're looking to give them another $23 million. Yeah. And this is because the old protects the old. Mm -hmm. And I just, it's hard for me to believe that we can't find something else to do with $20 million. Yeah. No, and, and we had Luis Vieira on. Um, what was it last week? It was last week. God, it feels like it was like a month ago. Two weeks ago. Um, okay, so two weeks ago we had Luis Vieira on, and he shared that sentiment. He's like, there's no reason why we should be giving them this amount of money. Um, and uh, not to say not to give them any money, but uh, to give them $25 million over the course of five years is a ridiculous amount of money. That's just our part. When you, the city's yeah, yeah. another $25 million. Right, you know, especially when we're looking at, again, we were talking about the, 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 the quality. Right of infrastructure mass transit affordable housing i mean there are plenty of places where those millions of dollars can go um and and, and i get it like they're looking at expanding the convention center they're looking at expanding the, the apparently the strat center is going to use some of this money to expand into the river their walk. facility they're but, going to put a restaurant yeah and then so is the the tampa yeah, museum yeah, of art they're yeah, also yeah. going to do a huge expansion um, when, you know, again, it's like, what percentage have we solved all the other problems? And I just, I wasn't aware of it. What percentage of the people in Hillsborough County go to the Strat Center? And yeah. of those, what percentage of them are not in the upper 20% mm. income earners? For someone that attended or live in the city of Tampa. Yeah, exa exactly. Who yeah. don't live in the city. I'll say this for someone that attends the shows quite often and, Many of our friends do at the same time. There is a huge demographic problem. There's a huge, huge. Yeah, I think. Right, there's a huge disproportionate. Well, they've tried. They're starting to, tr you know, to introduce different kinds of programming and events and things like that. Yeah. How about the cost to, to attend them? Oh, yeah. Oh, we do a lot of free shows. Okay. How many times can you go see the Nutcracker Suite? Whoa, 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 whoa. I see uh, Lion King at least three or four times when it's here in town. Yeah, but you're paying, you know, 50 bucks a ticket at least. I wish I was paying only 50 yeah. bucks a ticket. More like, probably like 75. <laughs> Do you know where my seats are? I mean, in the cloud. <laughs> I think Robin and I went have gone to one or two shows there. Yeah. We've been together 26 years. I'd rather watch it on TV. Um, you know, I I don't want to have this conversation. We need to. <laughs> would, it, would it be revealed too much there anymore? I am I, again. I am still upset that we lost Miss Saigon last cycle because it was because of Corona. I'm, I have issues. Have you seen yeah. that? I have seen Miss Saigon. I love it. It's a great. I show. got to see it on Broadway actually. Oh, is it I, good? I actually I did see it at the Strad Center many many moons ago. Yeah. I mean, twenty something years ago. Sure. So Hector's just trying to bring us back into the fold, yeah. talking about earmarks. And that's really what we're talking about. That's now. what it's, we're it's, talking about. Is, yeah. It's something, and again, the budget is something that we need to really be talking about. And someone yeah. needs to be looking at it. But 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 to the greater point that I think Scott and I were trying to make is, is that, again, this is what happens when you have the same people just recycled year after year after year. And you don't have new ideas, new solutions, new, I mean, again, I mean, I thought, you know, uh, again, Bob Buckhorn got elected 
very narrowly. I mean, like, it is still a miracle that that Rose, man got Rose, elected. Who was the um, person he beat? Rose for Lita. Rose for Lita. Lita. Could right. you imagine her as Which, mayor? again, talk about recycling. I mean, gosh, we were looking at Dick Greco, Rose for Lita, <laughs> and then here was this guy who's virtually no, it was, unknown. It was Greco you Jr. Know, no, it was Greco. No, no, no. Oh, you mean the the for, time before? Under Buckhorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and nothing against the other two, but I mean, Buckhorn was like, I think people were just like, okay, it's They're a different name on the ballot, you know. And it turned out to be a great mayor. But um, it, Hector's talking about earmarks, like you just said. Yeah. Okay, but you look at what we do with our money. And, and I'll use a, the the big. Thing. Oh, don't get me wrong. He loved all the shiny, pretty products. Right, but the and big, moving black people out of the city. Yes, <laughs> that's true. The new thing yeah. around is splash pads. Right. You know, water yeah. splash pads in these neighborhood parks. Yeah. Well, if you look around Hillsborough County, speaking of earmarks, you've got a splash pad in Northdale. You've got one in Carrollwood. You got down in Waterset. You've got them everywhere. There's a splash pad in this county. Two out of every three houses have a swimming pool. Mm. Wow. Carrollwood, the cultural center, the the, yeah. the new park, the new, all have these new splash pads, these new. Oh, my daughter loves them. Great. Yeah. But why are we only putting them in neighborhoods of people that can afford their yeah. own swimming pool? No, the exception. They're the, ones that they vote. Can... they're the ones that come out and vote. They're yeah. the ones that come out and vote. And, and the exception is probably Julian B. Lane is probably the, the exception. But what did they do? They moved everybody out. Right. <laughs> you know, they like they clean house. What did I say earlier? You yeah. can say Moving come out and vote. To the county. You can say come back and come out. Those are who come out and vote. Those are who come out and vote because we have spent... Or, or I should say the, the left-leaners have spent so much time convincing what they consider their stronghold minorities. Yeah. There's no reason to come out and vote. We got your back. Right. Don't worry about it. We're going to take care of you. You don't need to worry about a thing. And I'm sorry. It's a lie. And they have been putting it to them for years. Yep. Well, and and, uh, and and the studies are showing that they are losing, on the Hispanic side more so than on the African-American side, but they are losing those demographics very quickly. I mean, it's, well a, it's eroding. It's eroding, you know, because there's only so many that you can only cry wolf slash racist for so long, you know, before people were like, okay, we don't see it anymore. We don't, this doesn't apply, you know, and that's the thing, like Democrats painted Republicans for racist for so long and people are like, mm, I don't think so. I don't see it anymore. I don't see this, you know, and, and, and I think that's why people are reconsidering, especially when you talk about that they're more prominent people in pop culture that are starting to question their loyalty to the left you know and 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 that begins to snowball even if it's just to cause people enough to go and do their own research i think that's a huge that's a huge impact and we're seeing this on a national level yeah. is the country heading in the wrong direction 71 percent agree uh what are the approval ratings uh for the president 42 percent approval 54 percent disapproval um another uh, Republicans, um, percentage-wise, are doing a better job. They're up 23% in border security, 24% on infrastructure, on infrastructure, 22% on fighting crime, national security, economics, getting things done. Republicans are up 13%. It's absolutely insane what's happening right now. And again, you're coming to a point to where people are saying, you told us this whole time, Republicans are bad, Trump is evil, and everything else. And what have we seen on the in 
during the pandemic, Democrats going straight up scorched earth and becoming semi-dictators. It's absolutely insane what occurred. And people got to see the true colors of a lot of liberals and a lot of liberal policies. And they're seeing that and they're voting with their feet. They're moving and they're voting now with these midterms. If it's if tomorrow, if the Virginia, if the Democrat, uh, if the Democrat wins by no, by a few points, it's a disaster. They won, was it Trump or Biden won Virginia by how many points? 10, 11 by 10 points. or 11 points. If you're telling me that the, that the Democrat in Virginia cannot win by more than 10 points, that's insane. That's, they've right. already lost. There's a huge problem. And you're going to continue seeing this problem across the country. Because I don't want to say that Virginia is a bellwether of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if, if the Republican is within striking distance or loses by one or two points, this is a nightmare for the Democrats. Yeah. All right, everybody, thank you again for watching The Yard Sign, and thank you to our special guest today, Scott Levinson, who is running for Hillsborough County Commission District 1. Uh, your website, sir? VoteLevinson.com. I right. need your help. I know Anibo right here. Look, I need your help. I need mm-hmm. your your donations. Mm-hmm. Um, I am learning to ask because Anibal has, has <laughs> told me I'm in trouble if I don't, but I do. And, and, and I'm not a money guy. Yeah. I, I don't need, you know, there's people that It's an unfortunate part money. of the equation. It's a, it's a real not, equation, right. yeah. Right, and, and, yeah. but I need money to fight the battle that we need to fight to turn this county in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, and look, put new people in there, please. I plan on being there four to eight years, please. Push me out when I hit that that limit. All right. Uh, and then, of course, joining me as always, Anibal David Cabrera. Uh, let's go ahead. And uh, do you have your one last thing? No. All right. So we're going to call it a night <laughs> for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for watching again. Watching closely tomorrow the results, not only here in St. Petersburg, but also watching very closely the gubernatorial results in Virginia and New Jersey, which we didn't really touch on, but New Jersey also could possibly be electing another Republican governor. Uh, not as close a race, I think, as what we're seeing in Virginia. Um, but, man, if we get another, like, Christy Chris, Chris Christie type up there, um, I think that is that is sealed and delivered a doomsday scenario for uh, Democrats come the midterm elections. What an evil. Um, so the Intelligence Committee released their findings of the coronavirus. And their verbiage that they talked about was very much leaning on the fact that Yes, it probably did come from the Wuhan Institute. Everybody probably, knows it came they from they the Wuhan didn't lab. Know, yeah, but you've never seen it actually come uh, out of a government paperwork. So I was very surprised about that, and it was very interesting to see what the reactions are going to be. It was also here a lot earlier than they thought. Oh, yeah, they're thinking now September. September, October is when wow. it came into the, into the States. Yeah. All right. That was my one thing. Thanks, guys. All right. Bah, we'll, bah, bah. we'll see you back here next Monday, 7 o'clock uh, on uh, all the social media platforms. And again, uh, don't forget to check us out on the uh, Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, uh, Odyssey, and iHeartRadio for the audio version of our, our podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much, everybody. Until next time, good night.